0: You need to know exactly where your food's coming from.
2: That's the the clientele that write the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ears to the ground, essentially, and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that that provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from, but to really know the the ins and outs of how it was raised Mm -hmm. is really important. G'day and welcome to another Quicksand Food Connection podcast. This is the Capital Cookbook 3 edition, and my name's Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Kent and AK from EXO in Narabunda. Kent and AK are part owners of the business there. Kent is the front of house manager and AK is the head chef. They serve fantastic modern Asian food, which really draws on the experiences and the family influence of Kent's Vietnamese heritage and of AK's Malaysian heritage. It's got a really vibrant and fun feel. They've got a great wine list, which supports a lot of local vineyards. And I always have a fantastic time when I dine there. They gave us some great dishes for the Capital Cookbook 3, their signature beetroot cured kingfish dish, and a great char siu pork dish. I really enjoyed talking to these guys about what it's like to start a new business and the influences that they have in putting their menu and the style of their business together. I found it fascinating, so I hope that you also enjoy my conversation with Kent and AK from EXO in Narrabunda. Why don't we start talking about beef rendang? And, I mean, Ken, you were talking about before and AK about how... A lot of people viewed beef rendang as something that's a saucy curry, mm. whereas what you've given us today is
0: something a lot different. Um, the reason why we chose this dish is period for two reasons. One, um, it's a dish that I think in Canberra um, traditionally a lot of people think Rangdang is a saucy, soupy curry uh, curry dish, um, and for us coming from the backgrounds of you know, us knowing the Southeast Asian cuisine. We know that, traditional rendang, Malaysia, Indonesia, it's dry, all your juices and moistures come from the reduction of the use of a good grade cut of beef, a black Angus chuck, and then just your coconut juices and your spices. Um, number two, the dish is a big sentimental dish to AK. Um, the reason being is because when we did this menu, it was dishes on two emphasis. One, dishes that we loved eating when we were younger, two, dishes that our mother's cooked us. Mm. <laughs> um, that's the absolute truth. And this dish was AK's mum's. Yeah. And recipe. you were saying, AK,
2: when when you were developing the dish and trying to get it all right, it was constant phone calls to your mum to say Yeah,
1: no, it. like, <laughs> mum really helped out in a lot of dishes in the premier menu of EXO. And same like Ken's mum. Like, we had to sit down with Ken's mum a few times. Yeah. Just for me to get the feel the texture before I can actually funk it up you have to get the base really strong like yeah. if, if you don't know what the actual base is especially because I'm not Vietnamese so for me to understand I had to use my chef sort of technique and understanding to understand that dish before you can you know give it the exo twist yeah and like I was telling year earlier and this was one of the dishes that Ken said like you don't need to funk this dish up this is out of all the dishes that we've done and made it look pretty and this one dish was it is what it is and just use a good cut of meat and execute it properly and that's it Hmm. this is what we we are this is how we're going to represent and sell ourselves in a menu on the table
2: That's and the beauty of that is that um, you know executing it in a traditional way is a point of difference, yeah. which, is, which, is, which is different, because, I mean, usually you don't get a random that looks like that if you go to a, you know, a Malaysian restaurant or whatever. It looks a bit different. And, and instead of trying to funk it up to make a point of difference, yeah. you just do it how, how it's, like, the most traditional way possible. I re-
0: think you also have to stick to your guns with, like, many different factors that, number one, Asia is now being so um, visited by Australians. Um, when you go to these countries and visit them, you get the full flavor. Yeah. The only difference is you're not getting the produce that we are exposed to. Yeah. Um, and I think that yeah, it's sticking to your guns in terms of maximum execution, in terms of flavor, and using the best produce that we have in the country. Mm. And number one, that you know, when you go over there and you have another dish here, you're like, oh, it tastes nothing like that. Well, the truth is, the more that these countries like Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, Singapore visited. Us, as Australians, our path is soon to be trained more to the traditional flavours. Mm. So it's, again, like I mentioned, you know, just sticking to what we know, knowing what flavours um, are what we've grown up with, and then just execute it by using just modern produce. Mm. That's it. And using, obviously, modern cooking techniques, as they can say, you know, say for some instance, um, the pork would traditionally just be a roasted pork dish, you know. They marinate it, they glaze it, they put it in the oven. It doesn't matter how hot they, they put just it in there, They hang it there and then they chop it up. It'll be dry and dense as hell. But they don't think about how long it's been there for. What type of temperature they put <laughs> it in for? All the little attention to detail is that, you know, countries like that, um, when they're cooking dishes such as the pork, Chaswil pork, we then refine it. Mm. It's just refining. Mm. Yeah. The classic dishes, just reworked and reimagined. Mm. That's it.
2: Yeah, and that's a beautiful dish too. That pork dish. Do you, Ak, do you want to? Um, the glaze. What's in the glaze? Um, is it a secret.
1: No, no <laughs> it's not a secret. You'll uh, you'll find that in the recipe you'll find page that in the recipe. next to yeah, the yeah. picture. <laughs> it's like um, ingredient X. And l- it's ex- once again, it's a very traditional dish that's just executed um, just with a bit more finesse and attention. To taking care of the meat and the flavor as opposed to just going bang hot oven crispy burnt on the outside which is what it is mm. but how long can you eat it for like you cook it, it comes out of the oven it's really nice but it hangs in the restaurant for three hours for the whole the lunch period the first person and the last person would have the same meat the same cut the same cooking time but two different flavors just because one's just right mm. so using modern technique would be how you would be able to execute dish from the first patron that comes in at six o'clock in the restaurant and the last patron that comes in at ten o'clock they get the same meat same cooking technique and the same flavor Mm. um you you were asking what's in the glaze in the marinade um any traditional cantonese person would use um five spice for the flavor um honey and hoisin to give that that sticky and the honey is the one that that burns and just caramelizes and gives Maltese it that as well mm. Maltese is something yeah. that the Hong Kong Cantonese people that use a lot especially for things like this to give that gloss mm. always and yeah just incorporating the traditional recipes just uh, once again the XO word for for cooking dishes like this just refining it mm. not not taking it too much funking not too much fusion nothing yeah, just presenting it,
0: and I think for us as well, with in terms of our food, say for example, um, going back to what you see in the streets of Hong Kong, Malaysia, Vietnam, you are seeing all these hanged-up roasted meats. Um, for us, it's then about adding certain elements to the dish to complement the textures in a consumer's mouth. Mm. You can't have just a pork dish dry as it is. What do you do to make to maintain that moisture? You know, mm. you you know, what can add the dish to? Um, lift the flavours you add such central elements such as cucumber, you know? It's subtle. Yeah. You know, it doesn't overpower the pork. You have a nice ginger chili relish which has nice spices but nice acidity as well from the relish. You know, that sounds sweet. And then just as it hits your mouth it actually enhances the flavours of the pork mm. without overdoing it. And then sometimes some certain dishes if you eat it once, you eat it twice, you're like, Oh, I can't do it too much but adding elements to that makes the dish always able to always continue to eat without over, and, you know, mm. over killing your mouth
2: yeah your palate at the end that's of the really day. important and i think that that's something that is sort of a mark of a good chef is that um attention to the patron's experience of eating a dish from start to finish mm, right. rather than just saying you know tasting one mouthful of it and saying this is delicious which it which it is but Do you sit down and eat the whole dish? How much much can you eat? Yeah, Yeah. 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 exactly.
0: At at the end of the day, apart from the whole menu that um, as chefs or as restaurateurs or whatever you want to call it, your menu has to be balanced. After the menu being balanced, your dishes have to be balanced. Mm. And anyone that knows, um, definitely when it comes to food, AK, I, our business partners, Greg and Dean, we all love and we all show them how you can appreciate um, texture is such a soft, crunch, sweet sound. Mm. Everything that what your mouth wouldn't usually pick up. Or psychologically, as consumers, you don't think about these things and why you like these dishes. But as you're eating it, you do.
2: Yeah, mm. it all sort of comes together yeah, and makes make sense and it's not necessarily something you're rationalising while you're eating it. it no, just, it's it just not. works. It just happens at that very yeah. moment.
0: <clears throat> but you don't realise that behind the scenes, like you said, chefs that sit there and think about the dining experience the whole way through about how you're eating it and when you're eating it and how much can you eat it, those little attention to details make or break the dish. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Um The third dish, the EXO signature kingfish dish. Yeah. A- AK, do you want to tell us a bit about this one?
1: Um, this dish is a very traditional yet classic um, Vietnamese dish and this is something that Ken has had him bothered from like years, yeah, years, years, he's always asked me, we've gone to other funky Sydney Vietnamese restaurant and if that style of dish is on, he'll be like, yeah, I need to get that. Yeah, we try, we play and in constructing the first menu for this restaurant, when we open, he goes like, dude, is there one thing that you're going to do and you can do and you must do? I need an AKS version of this traditional dish. And it's something that I used to love to play. And I've, I've used it in a couple of restaurants that I've worked in my past. Mm. Is a beetroot kyo. Mm. You take any orange fish, salmon, or, uh, or trout, and then you put this nice red on the top and you slice it. cured or sashimi, it's, it just looks pretty. So mm. you goes like, look, I want that, but I need this sauce funked up." mom's going to show you how to do this sauce and so we tried the sauce we played with the sauce and i go yeah i know how you're going to funk this up as well hence the ponzu vinegar that came into instead of just using a straight vinegar and then sweetening it with sugar you cut down the sugar a little bit but you play with a type of citrus vinegar Mm. so that's where all the, the the funky elements came to it um even the baby herbs on it um, it's a traditional um, julienne of perella leaf, which Vietnamese people use in a lot of elements in a lot of cooking. Um, the baby red seashore, which is uh, a micro herb, gives you that same flavor. So, not in aesthetically it looks pretty on the plate, it actually complements the fish, and it's sort of traditional. Mm. And um, the black glutinous rice powder. Usually, the Vietnamese and Thai have a white glutinous rice powder, so it's. Toasted rice powder and blitz. Look once again, same effect, just aesthetically. He's black. No one's done black. Yeah, and and it. Yeah, and that is just out of this world. So, yeah, people. A lot of people, if in educating how to eat, they always eat with their eyes first, before it even goes in the mouth. He eat eating with your eyes. Mm. So, it not only has to look smart, look pretty, look neat, but it has to grab their attention. Mm. And when it's just mediocre, it looks normal, then the flavour has to be ridiculous. Yeah. But if you have <laughs> both, double whammy.
0: That's yeah. it. And I think the dish itself, Vietnamese cooking, is um, it's simple. The Vietnamese cooking is simple. You're not supposed to overcomplicate. It's simple recipes and the flavours are quite simple. And you don't have to muck around with much. Yeah. And that's why, as you guys can see, the dish itself speaks for itself. It's, mm. it's simple. It's nice. It's very elegant and sexy. And the use of kingfish is purely because of your thinking about the elements that you're using. You're using beetroot. That's quite... It's n- not the right word, but the taste of itself. Beetroot doesn't have taste. You can use its colors. The ponzu has a really nice citrus cut um, of, you know, you've got your yuzo, mandarin, orange. It's just a blend of all these mm. nice citrus fruits. Then you've got a predominant fish sauce, which is very salty. Mm. And you have a hint of sugar that's obviously been reduced, but you still want that sweetness to maintain and using a good cut of Hiramasa kingfish, which is naturally on its own flesh. Mm. A good Hiramasa kingfish, the flesh is actually quite sweet. Yeah. By combining all those elements together, you have a very nice, oh, yeah. simple dish. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Mm. And...
2: Good response from it from customers coming through the doors since day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, you, you you can't cheat it. The fish has to be fresh every day. That's it. The herbs it. have to be fresh, cut fresh every day. Um, the sauce before pouring on top, it has to be tasted before service to make sure that nothing <coughs> has. Um, yeah, because
1: I didn't. Know what's develop, the m- yeah. You know, when a sauce doesn't get used that much, day one to say day fifteen, mm-hmm. it would. Uh, develop a, a, a more bolder character so mm. fish sauce easy ponzu easy so it has to be checked it cannot get too thick and syrupy then the dish becomes gluggy mm. it can be a fresh slice of kingfish but with a thick syrupy sauce and the glutinous rice powder that dish can get gluggy mm. so all this small attention to detail but that's it Execute it executed precisely exactly. it's amazing yeah. it's clean it's fresh crisp
2: and you want and at the end of the day you want to be able to you know experience the the quality of that kingfish as well the texture Correct, and right. the, and, Correct. the flavor and you know using using a sort of a simple sort of sweet sour salty balance dressing you're not going to overpower it you're not going to you you, know it's raw fish and it's a white flesh fish like kingfish you don't want you you don't want to stuff around Mm. too much and (laughs) yeah exactly
0: and sometimes with certain dishes you don't want to overpower the flesh like you said you know it's it's an elegant fish elegant flavors Mm. that's it um you guys been open since october last year october
2: 2015 so yeah coming up on nine months Yep. how's the uh how's the response been? AK was saying that it was a like any restaurant opening especially for sort of a first project where you guys go in together to put all put all your heads together and you know in here lugging, lugging wood doing all the hard yards and yeah, then finally yeah, you're was open. Fun. Was you good. know I guess now it's a time where you can you've got systems in place and you can sort of
0: reflect back on what you've achieved since opening. Um, I think since day 1 it's exceeded our expectation because between um AK Dean, Greg and I, um, we didn't know what the market response is gonna be like. Mm-hmm. Um we just know that, you know, if you know your Canberra market is that for any small business, if you're new, you can attract. Mm. Because that's what the Canberra market is. Canberra is <coughs> very willing to give anything a go because mm. we are such a small place and our market's so small. Um the hard part's maintaining. Yeah. Maintaining that a repeated visit or dining experience for a customer. To go, hey, you know what? You impress us the first time. Um, we'll give you a second and mm. third. Um, and that's that was our yeah our business strategy to open in the hot period because the hot period everyone's willing to go out and eat, mm. but everyone forgets that you know we did that. Everyone goes, oh, you guys just opened at the right period. You're genius. But the truth is, it's a double edged sword. If our product was bad from the beginning mm. in that hot period we wouldn't be in a position that we're in now, being able to sustain um, a good uh, customer base to return to trial food. Mm. Because awesome. if, if, if we if we did bad from the get-go, um, we, yeah, we wouldn't be able to, here now, be able to play around with new menus, new dishes, um, being able to, every day, treat each week, each day as a new day to refine our food. Because, yeah, even though we've been open for the last eight to nine months, uh, we aren't settled. We mm. are still um, refining our systems because that's what systems are about. They're there to be refined, not to be there and stay settled, you know? All I was, if that was a case, the case then computers would never upgrade. Yeah. Same with our restaurant, no. same with our philosophy of food. Um, and that's the same with service as well. Every day we're here asking ourselves, prepping the same dishes, tasting the same dishes, and go, okay, what's wrong? What don't we don't touch? What don't we don't need to touch? Mm. Because every day, um, yeah, it, it, watching what consumers eat is like watching data being collected. Mm. You hear, mm-hmm. you listen, you absorb, and you execute.
2: Yeah, okay, cool. Mm. Um, do you do you find being at a local shop here in Narrabundi, like one of the, you know, avenues to have regular attendance is from the people that live in the area?
0: Um, I think that's one of the um, definitely the main drives when we decided to pick Narabunda. A um, first and foremost, we can't not mention the guys from the artisan. They yeah. Were always a great restaurant. Um, Sam and Dave, they you know had the best four or five years here. Always a you know top top twenty restaurant in Canberra. Yeah. Yeah. And, um,
2: and they showed that it was sustainable in a place n- like it, this. Not very yes, sustainable. Yeah.
0: And, and that's why when we saw it, that saw an opportunity there. Um, yeah, it was very nerve wracking because people will always remember this space as what it was before Mm. and the level of food that was coming out of the kitchen. So for us, a lot of pressure. And at the same time, as you mentioned, the reason why we came here is because um, we wanted this place to be um, the destination, not the destination to be the venue. You know, you can go out to other places where you got high traffic, but Mm. you want a reason to come to Narrabunda. You want to give back to the suburbs as well. You know, give life and good energy to the shops again. Yeah, and and it's starting to happen down here. You know. Yeah, Yeah. and and, yeah, you got some nice cafes around, some new takeaways, and and it's 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 a nice energy. Yeah, Um, it's about you know putting more to the shops and making the shops a destination point. Mm. Um, And you do that by um, differentiating ourselves from other shops, restaurants. Yeah, having a diversity. Yeah, diversity. Definitely correct. Yeah. Um, and to answer your question, yeah, it's it, 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 it's hard because you are in Arabunda, uh, but at the same time, it's beautiful because you know the ones that are coming to you aren't coming to you because of traffic. Yeah, because they just coming, happen to be there. They, yeah. they, they they come for a purpose yeah. and they've come with the intention to dine and yeah. enjoy the experience. Yeah,
2: hmm. yeah that's great. Um, just going back to the start, um, you know coming up with your idea for the menu and talking about the food. And I just think that, you know, with both your backgrounds and, and the fact that you're both on the phone to your mums talking about menus and food and, and, and you're talking to Ken's mum and trying to get the background down to build a base for your menu and and things like that. You know, when you're developing a menu and, and a restaurant concept and all that sort of stuff, a, something like that that comes from a place of such authenticity is something that is... Something that you guys put your heart in. It means something to you. So it means so much to you guys. Correct. That that Correct. you guys can just continue as hard as you can to try to, you know, can continue to develop, like you say, continue to execute, get the response from the customers. But just having
0: that authentic base is something that's really cool. So mm. yeah. No, definitely. It, no, it, totally it, good. It, it makes it easy and hard at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> no, very easy and hard. And like you said, um, it makes it easy because yeah, it is authentic all the way through. So there is no Copying is not the right way. It's not about making up a dish based on, you know, what's popular, what's there. It's about what you, it makes it easy because it's in our DNA. That's exactly right. You've you've grown up eating it and all you're doing is trying to pick something that's in your mind since growing up that's not wrong. Mm. And then the harshest thing to do is then picking things that your own mother cooked for you. And you're trying to think what's wrong because Mm. it doesn't matter what background, what nationality you come from. Um, For me, your mother's cooking will always be the best. Mama's food is the best. Always will be the (laughs) best. Yeah. yeah.
2: Always best. Mm. All right, guys. Well, all the best with the future. I mean, not even a year yet, and, you know, doing really well. And, you know, you've given us some awesome food today. And really appreciate the support, guys. So thanks. No, no. Thank you, guys. Thank thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode. My chat with Kent and AK from XO Restaurant in Narabunda. If you want to find out more about them or make a booking, you can visit their website, which is xo-restaurant.com.au And if you want more of these podcasts, you can go to our website, quicksandfood.com, where you can listen to the whole Capital Cookbook 3 series for free, or you can search the Quicksand Food connection on iTunes and on Stitcher. If you want to keep up to date with us, you can find us on social media at quicksandfood on Facebook and on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning into this chat and we'll catch you again next time